Welcome to the Three P's of Cancer podcast, where we'll discuss prevention, preparedness, and progress in cancer treatments and research. Brought to you by the University of Michigan Rogel Cancer Center. I'm Scott Redding. We're here with prostate cancer survivor, George Beyer, to talk about his diagnosis and treatment. Some might recognize his voice from his past years on Detroit radio stations, W4, WRIF, WLLZ, and WCSS. Listen to me, you, you pencil neck geek. When you're talking to me, it's Mr. Bruiser. Yeah, some people might remember that voice and others. Welcome, George. How you doing? So kind of walk us through, tell us about being diagnosed with prostate cancer. How did you, you know, did, was there something that was bothering you? Is it just through a normal physical that, uh, that, um, you know, you were given a PSA test or how did, how did your diagnosis right. come about? And that's the funny thing too, about this is I, I had no idea it was happening. I mean, there were no symptoms, at least to my knowledge, you know, what to look for. Normally when I've ever had a problem, it's because I hurt myself somehow. I did something stupid, fell down, got hurt, whatever, and had an injury. But uh, fortunately, I do get regular physicals, and my doctor always does, well, since I turned 50 or whatever, did a PSA test, and that's what showed up. There was an elevated PSA, so um, they said, well, do it again, make sure we don't have a false uh, false number here. I did it again, yeah, it's still elevated, so um, I'm going to schedule, schedule you for a biopsy to confirm it. Because it doesn't necessarily mean you have prostate cancer if you have a high PSA, but it, I guess it's an indicator. So anyway, I made an appointment with the urology department. It's pretty funny too, because as soon as I call them up, urology, could you please hold? <laughs> That's a pretty <laughs> urology department. Can you please hold? Good one. I I, uh, I pointed it out to him. I said, you might want to say, could you wait a minute on the phone? But I went and got the biopsy which was uh, an eye-opening experience, let me tell you that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it came back as uh, positive. And uh, so then I made the appointment with uh, the Rogel Center. Did you see, not necessarily related to your, your diagnosis, but was it through, um, was the entire care through Michigan Medicine? Did, it, did you start somewhere else and then just, and then come over to Rogel or how, how did that happen? Yeah, I started somewhere else, but... Uh, I I read about the reputation of the Michigan Cancer Center at uh, you know at the U of M. So I said they're they're the best in the state, one of the best in the country. That's where I want to go. So you were diagnosed. You mm-hmm. uh, decided to come to the Rogo Cancer Center for your your care. What then went through your mind as far that as far as what your treatment uh, decisions were? Did did you have a robotic prostatectomy? Did you have brachytherapy? Did you have uh, radiation therapy? Did you just have um, watch and wait for a little bit? Or how, how, talk, talk me through yeah. your, your treatment decision. Well, I've been watching my weight for a while, but it doesn't seem to do any good. <laughs> oh, watch and wait. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Um, well, first thing they do, they, they hook you up with the team and you know they, they uh, you do an interview with uh, a surgeon and you do an interview with a radiologist. And they talk about the pros and cons and this and that and the other. And for me, I went with radiation. I, I like the fact that it's less invasive and because um, I'm a slow healer. I've had a couple of operations before, just minor stuff, but it seems to take me forever to cure and or to heal. And I'm griping about it all the time. Now, for some people, surgery, they want it. Boom, bang, bing. It's done. But I'm not the type of guy that needs to have a 
a bronze prostate hanging from my rearview mirror. You know, I'll take their word for it that they got it. But having said that, that's the goofy part about it. It's just like, it's like the disease itself is invisible and you don't really feel anything. You get this radiation done, you don't really feel anything. And then you, you can't tell whether or not it worked. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got to go back, you know, I got to get tested again in March. Uh, I had my, my procedures done in uh, late, uh, late August into September. And I got to go back in March and get tested again. And I guess I look for markers in your blood and whatnot. Maybe it's the same thing. Maybe they look for the PSA. I don't know. But at any rate, at that point, and hopefully at that point, they'll tell me, boom, you're clear. That's the downside of it is you got to wait around for it. But I think even when you get surgery, you got to go back and get checked just to make sure that all that cancer was in the prostate. Now, don't quote me. I'm not a doctor, but each one has its plus and minuses. But my understanding was that um, each has the same success rate. So I went with the less invasive one. But then I found out, too, you, you still pay the price. <laughs> they, all the procedures involve laxatives. So <laughs> nobody gets off easy in this, let me tell you that. you got to pay the price one way or the other. So you, you paid the price via that. But so with when it comes to the actual uh, radiation treatments, what was the experience like? I, was there a lot of treatments? Did you only have a few? Was it? You know, because you you hear sometimes with certain people that have radiation therapy that you know they have to come, you know, for months on end for for yeah um, right. For and you grow things. and you grow ball you grow bald and you throw up and all that. But that's chemo. Yes. And this is radiation treatment, and it's uh, you know I'm gonna use layman's terms, but it's highly pinpointed and highly concentrated. Mm-hmm. They actually map out. They do a digital map of your prostate. They do an MRI and a CT scan, and they combine the data. And uh, then they uh, implant gold markers, little gold seeds. They're about the size of a grain of rice, a little bit smaller in diameter. And that's no fun either. But they put those in there, and then they can almost use those like a, like a GPS navigation system. So that they can zoom in and hit particular areas of your prostate and um, not hit other things. So... That's the deal in layman's terms. As far as going through it, I had um, five treatments over a two-week period. And the the only downside I had was about the third treatment in, I started getting fatigued, you know, just pretty beat up. But I was still able to, you know, I I get a couple miles in every day with a walk, you know, but uh, I'd take my walk, (laughs) sit around all day. (laughs) It's like, holy mackerel, I'm beat. But I knew, you know, you want to try to keep yourself healthy. So you know, I just want to just sit around like a vegetable for a couple of weeks. But anyway, that was the only downside of that. That and the preparation, uh, you know, doing the uh, laxatives and whatnot. And then you got to drink 20 ounces of water right before the deal. Well, when you're already having problems with your prostate, 20 ounces of water an hour before your deal is a, a little tricky. But uh, all in all, no big deal. Once it was all said and done, I mean, I had my final treatment on a Friday, and uh, by Sunday, I just I woke up. I feel great. It's really good. I mean, my energy was back and everything. So you know, pay the price. See what happens. As we've talked so far, you've you've kind of made a few jokes and and so forth. And so, you know, they always talk about humor as the best medicine. And obviously, in your 
past work experience, you you used that a lot because you wanted to to make people uh, happy and 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 entertained. Have you found that continuing to do that uh, has helped with um, your diagnosis? Well, I can sit around and you know feel sorry for myself and be depressed or whatever, but um, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? I was talking to the doctors early on, and they were explaining one of the options is uh, hormone uh, therapy. Evidently, testosterone in larger amounts can agitate the cancer cells and make them more aggressive and more active. So they're explaining how sometimes we do a, a hormone therapy, we reduce the amount of testosterone in your system and blah, blah, blah. So it turns out it wasn't for me, but then it, you know, they always follow up with questions. I say, yeah, I got a question. Oh yeah, go ahead. Well, if you reduce my testosterone significantly, well, I still like the three stooges. <laughs> and you could hear people in the room laughing. You know, the doctor was there and I guess a nurse or somebody else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? You got to laugh about it. I mean, besides some jokes with the, with the medical staff, you know, what, what else have you, you done? Do you still do many well, voices? Here, here, here's, here's the deal. I don't do a whole lot of, well, I guess I still do voices. You know, my kids <laughs> will tell you I do way too much, but um, you know, it's like, like with dad jokes, but no, here's the deal I, I took early on. I mean, you know, when I first got the news, I'm uh, nuts. I'm, uh, I'm going to die. And uh, I have cancer experience in my family. My father got cancer in his fifties. He uh, lived through it and went on to die of other causes in his in his 70s. My older brother had uh, NHL, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and he got that in his 40s and got it cured and went into remission, but it came back and killed him at age 60. So I have experience with it, so it's pretty scary. But I also said, you know what, I'm talking to the experts. I'm talking to the, you know, some of the best in the in the country and some of the best in the world and the best right here in Michigan. And they're telling me uh, I got less than a 2% chance of dying of this stuff over, I think, 10 years or something like that. So until somebody tells me otherwise, I'm going to live through this. And when they do the treatment, until somebody tells me otherwise, it worked. Now in March, I'm going to find out whether somebody tells me otherwise, <laughs> I might change my attitude. But at that point, it's okay, what do we do next? That's all you can do. What are you going to do next? That sounds like really great advice, you know, and so wondering, so is that by taking the, those past experiences and your current experiences that are you changing how you've approached life or just continuing to live as you have and enjoy it as much as you can? Yes, uh, I, I live as I have. I mean, uh, not really my first experience either with a uh, life-threatening situation. I was held up at gunpoint when I was 16 years old working at a gas station. But, you know, I don't say, oh, that changed my life forever. It's just, it was scary at the time, but then you rebound. You say, hey, I'm here, you know, make the most of it. So you come back in March and you said you had the treatments this summer. Were you concerned, obviously you're concerned about your health because of the cancer and wanting to get done, but you also concerned at all because of COVID uh, and having to come in and have treatments during that time? No, not at all. You know, they, they've taken a lot of steps as far as the number of people in the waiting rooms and this and that and the other. And you wear a mask and they're all masked up and you wash your hands and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that was the least of my concerns, COVID. 
it did delay initially because um, initially the hospital was kind of making a transition, preparing for worst case scenarios. And uh, so it, it delayed me by a couple of months because I was diagnosed in the spring and I probably would have wanted to get it done right away, but that was right at the COVID outbreak. However, they also explained I had a very non-aggressive version of it or you know, mm-hmm. uh, development of it that if I did nothing for a couple of years, probably wouldn't change my, uh, my status. So time was on my side, but that goes back to the early diagnosis. You know, you get that, you go to your physicals and, you know, get that PSA checked and other things, you know, with any, you know, get your blood pressure checked, all the other stuff that can go wrong with you as you get older, um, get it checked. So anyways, COVID was no concern for me. Just get it done, go in, they'll take the precautions. They know what they're doing. You said cancer uh, has run in your family with your dad and your older brother. You know, were you concerned at all about this maybe being a genetic situation? And did you consider getting any genetic testing? I did have some genetic testing done. I guess they do a DNA of the actual cancer cancer tissue. Um, And that, I don't know if that's going to tell me whether or not necessarily it runs in my family, but they can tell by the the genetics of the cancer whether it's going to be more aggressive or not. And uh, here again, it came back favorably. They also uh-huh. told me I was related to the cave people of southern France, but you know. <laughs> no, um, it, was, it was it was the missing the missing link. That was the deal there. <laughs> Crow Magnon, I think, was the guy. Some guy named Crow in in my family history. I don't know. Well, George, I really appreciate the the time today. Uh, as we wrap up, if there's a key message as a, a prostate cancer survivor that you want people to know, what, what would that be? Buy bonds. <laughs> Eat your broccoli and get tested. I don't know, you know, but, it, it, you know, listen to the professionals, get tested, get your physical, get your PSA checked. That's, that's the best thing you can do. Try to have a positive attitude going in. It's no fun. I mean, you, you, you think about potential consequences, but what are you going to do? As I said, get it treated. Great. Well, I appreciate the time. Yeah, well, I'm going to come down there, Scott, and I'm going to show you a thing or two. When I get you down there, I'm going to grab that pencil, Nick. How's that for an ending? (laughs) Fade to black. Thank you for listening. And tell us what you think of this podcast by rating and reviewing us. If you have suggestions for additional topics, you can send them to cancercenter at med.umich.edu or message us on Twitter at UMRogoCancer. You can continue to explore the three P's of cancer by visiting rogocancercenter.org.